Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, are you team nerd or team jock? I'd like to think I'm a nerd with a great appreciation of the jocks, that they're really freaking good at what they do. So I'm, uh, yeah, but I'm definitely, I, I'm born into the nerd, uh, you know, into the nerd family. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd like to, like, everybody wants to be the jock, right? Everybody wants to be the cool jock with the letterman's jacket and the hot girl on his arm and all that stuff. And then for the most part, though, like 99% of us are, are the nerd. <laughs> for sure. There's also a way to be a good nerd and a way to be a bad nerd. Yeah. That, right. I think we'll talk about that a little bit. That's going to be today's show. Honestly, look, the, the Lakers are kind of depressing. There's only so many ways you could say they're tired, injured or whatever. And and we aren't going to be able to discuss uh, what happens after Friday's game because it's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> so so we're going to take a little bit a uh, little bit of a break here from from covering the Lakers, per se. I think the Lakers are going to factor into this as well. Uh, but, but, you know, if we touch on them, we touch on them today's show. Basically I want to discuss this whole, the response to the Anthony Edwards dunk that we saw the other night and then the, the, the fallout from it, which is now, when did Anthony Edwards actually have that dunk? Was it on Monday? What Seems is like time? Three time months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, so Anthony Edwards had uh, the dunk of the year, and uh, you know obviously everybody was enjoying the moment. It was one of the very few, by the way, like Twitter moments that we've had this year, right? We've actually we literally talked about this last week. How few like Twitter moment, Twitter games that we've had, and this was one of the rare ones. And um, he just dunked all over that dude. Yeah. Oh my god, that poor guy, <laughs> like. My dude, business decisions are 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 usually the right proposition. Like, <laughs> like there's a reason there's a reason so many people make that business decision. You you rotate it over way late. Just get out of the way there and uh, woof. But anyway, so so Edwards has that dunk and everybody is celebrating it. It's one of the very few things that we've been able to just kind of get behind and and purely enjoy the fun of that moment every angle and every picture and every screen grab of it made it more and more impressive. It was just this really cool moment that, that again, you and I have talked about, we just haven't had very many of this year. And I think honestly, that's why the response when Nate Duncan, uh, our colleague, I have to point out, but uh, uh, Nate Duncan hopped on there and gave the stats that uh, Anthony Edwards had in the game leading up to it. Right. And, and it made it seem now he has said it didn't he didn't mean it this way, but it it definitely read like somebody who was crapping on the dunk by way of the stats and the performance that Edwards has had to that point in the game. Yeah, it was bringing up something else entirely. It had nothing to do in order it. to <laughs> diminish an yeah. amazing athletic achievement. And that's lame. And that's that I, I would agree that that it was I mean, and, and then everybody you know, Anthony Edwards had his dunk and then Twitter collectively, Anthony Edwards, Nate Duncan. Right. <laughs> um, and now here we are literal days later and the conversation has become, you know, and, and uh, the, the conversation has turned into our analytics people ruining the sport. And 
I like, I just, I can't, I can't quite get myself to that point. Like art do soul suckers suck. Yes. It's right there in the name, but ruining the sport. Like that means that, that, that they're coming in there and somebody else's ability to enjoy that dunk. They have hindered our ability to enjoy that dunk, which I just don't think has happened. Yeah. You can't give somebody that type of power. Like, right. Like just mute them. I have Duncan <laughs> muted, you know, like I don't want to see that crap on my timeline. So I don't allow it to ruin my experience with, with a play. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So sorry, my dogs are, <laughs> they also have around. Yeah. Muted. They're, they're anxious about this. Yeah. No, um, I, I, but that's it though. That's right. That's it right there. That to me is the most important point. And we'll make other ones over the course of the show, but that's the most important point here. I think a bigger problem than either side of jocks versus nerds, which again, I can't get over the lameness of like the terms that we're using here. Jocks, nerds, real fans, dweebs. Like an 80s movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I should be wearing like some LA gears. Um, LA, and- <laughs> wow. I haven't thought of LA gear in ages. <laughs> and so, so like aside from the lameness of all of the terminology that we're using, the point here, the, the issue here at hand is that we demand everybody like things the way that we like them, right? I want mm-hmm. you to enjoy, it's like, you know, hockey fans do this all the time with their sport. Every time something impressive happens or somebody does something tough in a different sport, hockey fans feel the need to hop on there and be like, oh, yeah, well, one time Wayne Gretzky caught a puck between his teeth and kept on playing. It's like, okay, and that's his arm great. Fell off and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I hope Wayne Gretzky has great dental insurance. And, and like here we here we are, you know, demanding everybody like things and enjoy things the way that we do. When very clearly there's a market for the way that Nate Duncan approaches analysis. There's also a, a market for everybody who stands up there and beats their chest about a, a really cool dunk. And I don't think these things have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, nobody's stopping anybody from doing anything, whether it's pursuing, you know, a, a media career or covering. Right. Like if, if that ain't your thing, don't follow it. That's one of the great things about the social media expansion and the expansion yeah. into bloggers and all of these different. There's such a diversification of ways to cover the game that exists only because we have social media. Right. It's not just sports writers and then sports center anchors and the people with the team that you see on TV. Right. There's all these different ways to do it. And there's all sorts of people doing cool stuff within that sphere. There's also mm-hmm. people doing stuff that I think is completely lame. And uh, a, a lot of times my, one of my big complaints with analytics is it's really pressed up against the glass. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of times it understands the what, but not the why and how you mm-hmm. got to the what. And, and there, and, but the influence of analytics, the game is totally different than it was 10 years ago. So you can't say that it's completely valueless, right? And so the the takeaway for me is like, some of it's good, some of it's not. It, it has a, p- a place, like you said, and it has a market. And if that's your way that you really enjoy basketball is through that window and prism, I don't entirely understand that, but you do you, right? Yeah. But I'm not going to allow you because you shit on some amazing dunk. Like, oh, well, that's it's not cool to me anymore. Like, I just don't give a shit what you say. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to not care what people think. Right. Well, that's the thing is that I remember this isn't even that long ago, Pete. It used to be if you didn't like the things that like TJ Simers was saying about the Lakers, 
you had almost no voice. Oof. That's a name. You know, like if you didn't, if you didn't like the things that, oh man, who was the guy who used to do the radio show with Michael Thompson and uh, Victor Brick? Who was the third guy there? Hartman? Hartman. Yeah. If you didn't like the things Hartman was saying about it, you had to hope that you would reach a telephone line and you could tell him in like 15 seconds that you didn't like what he had to say. And then you had to go about your day (laughs) and probably listen to more Hartman. Like it used to be that these major platforms, right? Whether it was print, whether it was radio, TV, that was it. Like if you were if you were watching a Laker game and you didn't like the way that uh, you know Snapper Jones was talking about the Lakers, there just wasn't anything you could say. You you just had to like sit there. You'd have to you know I'd have to sit there and tell my dad like, "There's no way this dude is serious, right?" Mm-hmm. there's no like there's he can't honestly feel this way here's the thing though you talk about there being a market for different ways there's almost a derivative market not almost there is a derivative market in which the argument is held up on a higher pedestal especially on a platform like twitter in which it's mm-hmm. it's words and you can you know have pictures and video but it's mostly words right where the argument is actually held to a higher held up higher than the actual game is right Mm -hmm. so the ability like we we cranked up the mvp race talks 15 games into this season it's like (laughs) what are we doing and because there's so much of an appetite for the argument as opposed to the game Mm -hmm. and because ultimately we all want to be right we want our team to win we want to that to reflect our awesomeness right the lakers won and therefore I'm cool too. And that, that is the underlying, you know, uh, foundation for all of these derivatives. It's almost like the financial markets, right? Where it's like derivative arguments on derivative. And now all of a sudden the, Oh, Nate Duncan said something about Anthony Edwards dunk. And this guy replied to it in a story. And now the story is the conversation about it. And we're so far away from the actual play. Does it does it make sense what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, I mean it does. We spin down this play. Yeah, it's weird, Pete, man. Pete, we're, we'll, I'll throw it a break after this, but this is literally where we're at right now. The play happened, so we had the initial response, and then Nate had a response to the response. Yes, and we are now in the response to the response yes. to the response portion of the conversation. And meanwhile, Anthony Edwards' dunk was fucking incredible. And now we're doing a pot on it because we're assholes too. <laughs> All right, assholes will be back here in a bit. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus uh, when you first sign up. Today's bet of the day is going to be between the Blazers playing at the Lakers. The Lakers are giving up five and a half points to the Blazers. Uh, I still am not comfortable, even with Schroeder coming back into the lineup, betting on the Lakers in general, but especially having them giving up points uh to to any team right now they just they aren't playing well enough on either side of the ball and while Schroeder is going to help and uh while Portland is a flawed team in and of itself 
the Lakers are just not shooting well enough to say like, yeah, they can they can beat a team by six points or more. I just don't see that happening. So uh, I'm going to put some money on Portland myself uh, to at least cover this one. They are uh, right now you can get basically double your money in terms of money line for Portland winning outright. Kind of interesting there. Uh, we'll see how this game goes, though. Hopefully I'm wrong. So you can fade or follow me at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for a 50% deposit bonus. Again, at betonline.ag. You'll find all kinds of bets and action to be able to uh, take advantage of. Just whatever kind of gambling you do, please do so responsibly. This also kind of gets at some of the things that we were talking about in yesterday's show, right? About the biases that are at play whenever something happens, right? And look, I, I think both sides of this are equally guilty in the analytics versus eye test conversation. Uh, you have analytics people who, especially in the draft process, latch on to their guys, right? They latch on to the player, their analytics darlings, and over the course of the season, and and same goes for the teams, right? Uh, they, they latch on to the executives and the coaches that align more closely with the way that they look at the game. And they give them a benefit of the doubt because they align more closely with the way that they look at the game. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of that, like the eye test people will look at a player and, and watch them and look at the way that they play and like and enjoy the way that they play and eventually give them the benefit of the doubt when they struggle because both players, like both, both, whether you're analytics darling or you're an eye test darling, young players are going to struggle, right? Yep. And so, so when the player who doesn't align with your sensibilities, with you know, with how you view the sport and how you analyze the sport, struggles, you take that opportunity to dunk for your agenda. Who- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then the opposite happens, right? Where where your guy starts play the, the person that you and you you enjoyed coming into the draft or or a player that plays for your team starts playing well you build up the straw man of like see i told y'all i told you guys i you know you guys told me that this guy's and, and like i said like, we want to be right that's the fundamental that that's like, what it is foundation of all of this but i don't, I don't even think it's necessary i think it doesn't even stop there though i think it's not only do do we want to be right but Anybody who is on the other end of the spectrum can never, ever, ever be right. Like, and that's a problem. That's might, a problem that they can't see the value in each other, yeah, right? We've exactly. got to be able to see the value in each other, right? Nick yeah. Duncan, I disagree with uh, uh, really how he views basketball in an overall sense, mm-hmm. but to act as though he's got nothing to add is also yeah. foolish. Absolutely. And, and we've kind of... <laughs> I think part of it too is that we want to feel like we're participating in it and Twitter allows us to feel like we're participating in it. And when, when it's just like we saw yesterday, right? I got my licks in before the, the, the Lakers play the jazz with the Celtics, because I knew that I wasn't going to be able oh, yeah. to get very uh-huh. many licks. Yeah, in you got a little jazz. window to further the agenda, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, the first thing I woke up and, 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 and saw on the Twitter timeline this morning was Keith Smith tweeting out Danny Ainge quotes. And then eventually an article talking about Ainge and, and all the moves that he thought that they could have made. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was great. I got to dunk on that. I woke up, did my stretches, dunked a little bit. 
And then it got right back to, oh my God. Yeah, that's the Lakers are still like, they still aren't making anything from three point range. But I'm going to go back over here because that brings me more enjoyment. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just like, I don't know. I, when I saw, when I saw the way this was going down, this conversation about, you know, jocks versus nerds, which again, I, I just can't believe we're still using this terminology. But, but when I saw this conversation going down, I, I really felt like it, it, it really sucked because at the end of the day, there's a common denominator here, right? We, we all love the sport that we are watching so much so that we have invested a ton of time. I, I don't know, I, yeah, I, I, I see. I don't agree with you. I don't think actually most of the people who cover the game love the game. Well, I, I cover the game, I think, is a little different than because like then you're getting into like people who went to college for journalism and did they are they actually covering the sport or the team that they grew up watching and stuff like that like i think there you i could see the point that you're making but i i yep. i have to think that even Nate Duncan loves still loves basketball like i just i i he might I, love it in a different way than i do or that you do he very clearly loves it in a very different way than both of us do but he's also invested insane amount of uh, insane amounts of time trying to be as educated about the sport as you possibly can be. Hmm. And, and while you, hmm. while passion for a sport changes, it's even changed in me, by the way, when you start covering the sport for a living, it's it, it evolves a little bit, but, but still, I, I still have to think like, I, I, I am going to push back on anybody who says that like Nate Duncan or anybody who thinks like Nate Duncan, don't like the sport. I just, I, I have to push back on that because that would be like saying the people who are anti-analytics, like, like hate math fundamentally, which I think is also impossible. Like <laughs> math is just a part of life. It might suck to have to do it from time to time, but like nobody hates math. I don't think. It's not a matter of, do I like basketball or hate basketball? I think everybody who is, especially that in the blogosphere, right? Like that isn't necessarily a journalist, but mm -hmm. covers the game in, in the way that we do and um, and Duncan does is I think everybody has some fundamental like and, and enjoyment of the sport. But what yeah. I think ends up taking over is that people, and I'm not saying this about Duncan, but I do think this is- Hey, let's uh, say about uh, everybody involved in this. <laughs> it's people, and this is natural, right? People are more worried about their own enrichment Mm -hmm. And their own furthering their own profile and getting more followers and all of that, then the sport, right? Like the sport is not, there's not an inherent loyalty to the sport over the inherent loyalty to themselves. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is as you get down further and down that narrative rabbit hole of that whole thing you were talking about of like, all right, proving I was right about whatever it is, right? Like this is evident. And you start that whole, and this is the like bad faith analytics. I see this all the time, right? Where you want your darling to be the good guy and, and somebody else to be the bad guy, whatever narrative you've chosen. And all of the stats that you choose, all of the analytics that you choose are support the whatever predetermined agenda. And this is happening all over. This is happening in politics too, right? Mm -hmm. We can find whatever argument we want to make, whatever we can find, whatever version of the truth, quote unquote, that we want to by citing articles, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? And facts, quote unquote, that back up our uh, our agenda, right? When if you just scratch a little bit under the surface of a lot of that, it's like 
this stat actually doesn't really apply to what you're trying to say. This is kind of a, yeah. a bullshit argument, right? Mm -hmm. And this happens all over the spectrum. And that I think it's less about do these people like the sport or not and more like to what degree do you let that monster take over of i need to be right i want to be right and you have to actively fight that because of course all of us want to but that's why the focus on and this is where i've i've moved from uh moved way more toward eye test as as the years have gone on is there's something interesting in just looking at what actually happened and not hearing anyone else's opinion just being like this happened here and then going from there right like mm -hmm. looking at the video looking at the tape and being like whatever opinion people have let's slow it down and take a closer look i always say that let's take a closer look right and that is the way out of that narrative rabbit hole this is something i i, I think about a lot right is like how do we cover it well and how do well-intentioned people end up becoming kind of crappy and, and end up crapping on the sport and not covering it particularly well, in my opinion. And I think mm -hmm. it's almost always because they're chasing narratives, they're chasing validation, they're chasing, I want to be right. And not just on this particular topic, but the way that I look at the game is the correct way to look at the yeah. game. That's my biggest complaint with analytics is it and, and analytics people is they don't understand the fundamental flaws in the, oh, well, this was his net rating, right? This is his mm -hmm. RPM. This is his PIPM, right? LeBron tools, is a new stat but, that I just found out about the other day. What's that? LeBron is apparently a stat. Like there's a stat LeBron. I think that's Krangis, right? Is it? I, I just so. saw it the other day and I, 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 I got to say, I, got, I laughed out loud. Like seeing, I, I want to see like, is there, I want to know if there's like a Steph stat can we do can we do a Kobe stat? I just want to see how far these acronyms can go. Yeah, it's it's marketing and branding. See, the thing about Cran it's funny. Crangis is an interesting uh, example of this. I disagree with him on a lot of like basketball stuff, but mm -hmm. that dude does the work, right? Yeah. And he he like I respect there if we're doing this right, there should be some sort of like different schools of thought arguments of like sometimes I'll watch detail the the old Kobe series. And there's stuff that he says where I'd like, I'd love to hear his explanation for that. Cause mm -hmm. my understanding of basketball, I don't agree. I don't like, there's a philosophical difference in that. And so there's all sorts of interesting arguments to be having about the game, but we're in so into the derivatives, Anthony, that it's mm -hmm. arguments about arguments and about reactions to the arguments and then podcasts like we're doing now about the reactions to the <laughs> arguments and all of that, that, that that's where it can get off track. Yeah. I, to be clear, I like what, Cranjus does a lot too. And, and also really like Cranjus personally. I've never had a problem with, it. I just like saw that there was a LeBron stat and chuckled. Hey, like, good for just, <laughs> he's packaging it in a way that's catchy and all. Yeah, and, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not knocking the game at all. I just, I was just like, Oh my God, we're doing this now. I, I, I initially like one of the dumb ideas that I had once upon a time was like seeing how far the acronym game could go, you know, and just seeing like how many, how many, cause there's, there's like Pakoda in, in baseball. And then there's, you know, there's all these other things. And like, like, look again, it's not for me. I'm, I probably lean more. I test myself too. Uh, just, you know, because I'm a real Hooper trademark and, and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, it, th those are just my sensibilities, but do I think that there is no value in that whatsoever? And is some of this, like the actual crafting of these analytics is fascinating to me. And seeing how far it can go, I hope that there's always something left unknown, right? 
Like, I think momentum is always going to be this thing that's completely intangible. Leadership is intangible just by nature and, and those things. And, and I think one of the blind spots in analytics is when they, when, when something is intangible or indefinable statistically, the move is to act as if it doesn't exist and then dunk on, on, on something like that. Every chance that, you know, you have a sequence of events that make it look like momentum doesn't exist. Like, like how much does this team like each other? How well do they get along? That is absolutely going to show up in your defensive rotations. It's not this, all of these things. If, if it was just a matter of stuff like, right. How, right. How well you sit at screen, how hard you run back on defense. Mm -hmm. These things impact actual on-court play in a way that just because the stat the stats that we have available at this point don't capture that doesn't mean that they don't exist and that they aren't a real thing and that's part of the brilliance and and in some of the examples like so Kobe is a a guy that the analytics community has at times tried to diminish Mm -hmm. right it's like oh there's certain things there's no way you can capture that right listen how all the other players talk about listen how Jordan Clarkson who we played last night talked about Kobe's impact on him and and how he shaped him and you think it's a coincidence that all our young dudes that grew up around kobe have made an all-star team or jordan's probably going to win six man of the year but are balling out or have balled out in some way shape or form like how do you quantify that there's so much of the game no matter how hard you try and there always will be that unquantifiable element to it i really think that hope so let's take one more quick second here when we come back i there is one way that I think analytics have kind of affected the game in a way that like, I'm not saying it's ruined it, but I watched some old Steve Francis clips the other day and I, I want more Steve Francis's in the world. So let's come back and we'll talk about that. So one of the things that, and this is actually where I think analytics are really interesting to me or, or the evolution of analytics and, and the evolution it forces on the sport uh, is, is really interesting to me. So we've seen in recent years the move towards dunks and three-pointers as the primary sources of, of offenses for it, especially the regular season, right? And then it kind of shifts in the postseason. Uh, where teams who have players who can't take advantage of that middle ground have really succeeded in the postseason because those are shots that are normally given away anyway. And if you have somebody who's really good at those shots, they tend to be hyper-efficient in the postseason because all of a sudden they're being given a shot that they're very good at. And, And then so the response to that is going to come from defenses where they say, well, shoot, does that mean that we are now going to give up more three-pointers? Are we going to, you know, like, and, and that, like, the, the, the cat and mouse game here, as efficiency evolves, is something that's really, really interesting to me. The thing that I think over the years that we're missing in the sport right now are guys like one of my favorite players in the league right now is that guy uh Faku Campasso for for Denver uh-huh. Denver mm-hmm. uh-huh. and 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 it's because he's this throwback kind of player who will throw a no look pass for the shit of throwing a, like for the fun of throwing a no look pass you know I don't think I've ever seen him complete a pass where he was looking at the player and he threw <laughs> the past it and and so like in that respect 
I know growing up, there were a lot of players or a lot of plays, sequences that happened that were just like fun. It was just like, screw it. I I have this extra step here or whatever. I'm going to do something ridiculous in this moment. And and I feel like um, as the as the game has become more and more efficient, not just in terms of the actual play itself, but over the long-term effects of like, you know, players not jumping as high as they maybe could on any given dunk because the landing is going to take an you know, is going to have an impact on them over the course of, of the season and then eventually their career. Um, stuff like that, just like the the fun for the fun of it aspect is is somewhat missing in the sport now. And that's the only place that I would probably say that the move towards efficiency, and that's not even in the efficiency that like analytics people would point out. That's just the athlete probably making the smarter move over the over the entirety of his career. That's just, you know, that's a that's a decision that the athlete is making. That's where I I, I kind of miss what sports used to be before they they became whatever they are now. And like I want to go back to just like Jason Williams throwing a, a behind the back pass from the top of the key to the wing when he definitely didn't have to, but he just felt like it. And I, I just, I enjoyed that aspect of sports. Yeah. The game has become more and more homogenous as that shift toward three and key and three type of mm-hmm. shot attempts. Everybody kind of plays the same way, or there's certainly less diversification in styles of play. And I would love for the league to address it because a lot of that, a lot of the mid-range game, a lot of the post-up game that has gone away as a result of this move toward efficiency, there was aesthetic beauty in that. It's not as efficient in most cases. Now, when you do have somebody who, despite post-play or the mid-range game not being efficient, but that guy is efficient on that, that's like you said in the playoffs that can be that can break a defense that's designed to give that up but all of a sudden this guy's really good at that shot right so there are exceptions to this rule even still and those areas of the court are important but in a broader league-wide sense there used to be a like the triple threat game you catch the ball you face up you jab step you rip through you spin you step back there's all sorts of really like it looks cool right it looks uh interesting it it's um and a lot of those skills are missing in favor of the drive and kick three and key components of the game where a lot of the teams play very similarly in a way that there was a, a broader diversification of styles in the old days and that's what i miss right like, i also yeah. miss the yeah like guy coming down and if you watch some of the old like 90s clips especially in some in the early 2000s the degree to which we saw anthony edwards types dunks where someone just like just wants there's like a nastiness to it and mm-hmm. a, a force to it where today's game is much more cerebral and skill-based than it there there used to be more of that like i'm gonna freaking dunk on your face type of mm-hmm. because it was because the spacing wasn't as good you had all these but and in order to kind of trudge through the 10 bodies that could be in close proximity you had to go over the top of them or go through them and there's a certain degree of force that we just don't have that that much in today's game yeah i mean i remember like the the nth degree the worst version of i think the analytics discourse was an article who wrote it i think it was true hoop uh wrote an article 
breaking down Kobe's like best dunks and why they actually weren't the best, the, the, the smart basketball play. Right. Oh God. And I remember reading that and, and that was one of the most visceral responses I've had to anything I've ever read. It's honestly like when people ask me when Harrison gets frustrated because I don't read as much anymore, like it's, it's literally that I don't, I don't read anymore. Cause that wanted me to never like that made me angry at my kindergarten teachers for teaching me how to read. <laughs> Can we appreciate the arrogance of that for a moment? I know, I know. It's a, it's on multiple levels. It was just like the the worst thing I've ever seen written, and and you know, like there are aspects of like what you're talking about, where if I was six six and athletic enough to dunk on Yao Ming or dunk on Sean Bradley, and every time I saw Sean Bradley or Yao Ming standing under the rim, guess what I'm gonna go try and do. <laughs> Sure. Like if I, if, if it was something I was capable of, I would try to do that every chance I possibly got, you know, just cause it seems really, really fun. And also because sports are inherently entertainment, you know, like professional sports also battle and competition. It's not just like, Oh, it's, I yeah, there's, it there's, there's gained. Yeah. Like what is the psychological advantage of yeah. Kobe driving down the lane and just fucking dunking on your seven foot six center? Yeah. Right. Especially how does that if, how does that impact the rest of your team? How do you go back on the next possession and defend? Because you're <laughs> all hyped like, up. Yao's afraid to like stand next to the basket from now how on. does Yao rotate the next time that happens? <laughs> right. Right? These things matter. And so the arrogance of this is what the result, like this pull up or whatever his argument was to make mm -hmm. a different basketball play has the presumption of understanding everything that goes into the calculus of making it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that is my biggest complaint about the nerds taking over the game, quote unquote, yeah. is the, the idea, oh, I know better than you. You're just the dumb jock. Yeah. But these numbers, these on this page here, this really captures what should be happening and what, and it's like, no, those numbers don't, they haven't quantified everything. They have big time holes in them. And all they are is the what. They don't go into the why or the how. Mm -hmm. And without that, it's, in, and so that the arrogance to say to Kobe Bryant, these, these successful <laughs> plays that you completed, right. they're dunks, right? It worked mm -hmm. on a fundamental basis. Some were even and ones. Right. The arrogance to say, yeah, you know, that worked, but, you know, if you really knew what you were doing, you would have done this instead. <laughs> You've got to be freaking kidding me. Well, it's like, and again, even if the calculus is literally this, right? Even if the calculus is I'm six, seven and can jump 46 inches in the air and there's a seven, six person standing near the basket and it would be really cool if I dunked on this person. If that was the only math that sure. was done in that situation, <laughs> sure. that's enough for me, man. <laughs> like, and that's what I'm saying. So we've seen this, we've seen this in across all the sports, right? Where the competition is now actually competing with the entertainment of the sport where, uh, Oh, like that's the, a great way of putting it. The, the the competition, like competition dictates that, you know, players load manage and and uh you know the 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 efficient play is to on a fast break kick the ball out to a corner shooter versus try to challenge somebody at the rim, right? And and so in those moments, like that's where I would say that the uh, evolution and, and the impact of analytics has had a potential negative impact on the sports and, and the entertainment 
that in uh, that sports bring with them. And like that's if you want to make the case based on that, then cool. I, I would really love to hear smarter people than me suss that out. That'd be great. I would listen to that conversation and, and, and listen, listen intently. But where I have a problem with it is on either side saying that like there's an inherent right correctness to either end of the spectrum. We're just, there just isn't, there just, you know, we like, I like what I like. I, I enjoy, you know, growing up in baseball. Uh, I, I, I played center field. I was left-handed. Right. And while analytics might tell people that Barry Bonds is maybe the best player in modern baseball history, I'm still going to ride with Ken Griffey jr. That dude was way cooler. He was so cool. And he, you know, he, you didn't have to wear your hat backwards. You didn't have to take, you know, you didn't have to slam the bat down for and, and, and walk and trot or whatever. Did he hot dogging on a couple plays in the outfield from time to time? Absolutely. And probably, but it made the sport look cool and it was entertainment, entertaining as hell. And I, I, that's what I enjoyed about Griffey. That's what I'm always going to remember about Griffey on top of the greatness. He was entertaining as hell. And, and sometimes when I watch, you know, what, what people define greatness as now. And if it's, if greatness is only defined by efficiency, that's lacking a giant portion of what made a lot of the greatest athletes ever super, you know, what, what factored into their greatness. Michael Jordan was cool as hell. Kobe was fun as hell to watch. Steve Francis was completely overrated probably statistically, but God, I loved watching him. He was so, he was a blast to watch. And, and that's where, you know, when, when I saw this conversation going on about Anthony Edwards and like his efficiency in that game and all that stuff, it's like, no, 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 let's celebrate the fun. But like, we're watching this for fun. At the end of the day, we are all fans. Fans is a letter away from fun. Why can't we just have fun? It's, you're not wrong about any of that, man. And the thing that I would add on to that is, we should have a level of appreciation too. And there's, yeah. again, the, the arrogance part of it is the part that really gets me in that these guys have spent their entire lives working to get to the NBA. Their travel ball and AAU teams, their teams as little kids, mm -hmm. their middle school teams, their high school teams, college teams, into the pros. There's countless hours in the gym. You know, the whole 10,000 hours makes you an expert mm -hmm. type of, idea. These are guys who have put 10,000 hours into becoming the best basketball players that they can be. Ken Griffey Jr. did that. And he grew up, you know, as the son of a baseball player as well. So he grew up in it as did him and Kobe are kind of interesting parallels mm -hmm. in that both of their dads played the sport that they ended up playing professionally. Yep. And that can we, before we jump to the final number on the page, can we entertain the possibility that these people who have spent tens of thousands of hours in their life to master this sport that everybody in the world's tried to play. And there's 450 jobs available in the NBA and they got one of them mm -hmm. that millions of people would love to have. Can we entertain the possibility that they know some things that we don't know about how it works, right? Not just that they can dunk high that, or that, that they can dunk or jump high, but that, Part of what makes them fun, that ability, that that Steve Francis component or that Kobe and Jordan and Kobe and Jordan were guys that they it was efficient. Like if you're only fun, you lose. Right. Like you lose yeah, right. the actual games if all you bring to the table is that. And there have been players throughout NBA history that have been fun, but haven't really been able to 
to get over the, the hump, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but can we just like entertain the possibility that maybe they're experts at this? Yeah. Maybe those tens of thousands of hours, maybe they were paying attention to some things and sometimes and know what goes into it, how it works in a way that we don't. If there was a little more humility on the analytics side and on the nerd side of things, I would, because the nerds do have something to add. The nerds have changed the game over the last decade, mm-hmm. but they don't know everything, right? And so yeah. just that, that's what bothers me the most in this whole thing. Yeah, people who have launched 10,000 tweets are telling people who have spent 10,000 hours being becoming experts. Like, actually, right. no, I know more than you. <laughs> that's what we're at. I, look, I think at the end of the day, uh, we're, we're looking at a conversation that is very, like, very quickly turns into caricaturism, right? Where, where people on either side of the spectrum paint these other, the, the other, the, the people who disagree with them as something that the people who are being painted that way would say that they are trying very hard not to be. And, and that goes both ways, by the way, you know, and, and it sucks that that's what's going on. I would imagine if we got a lot of these people in the same room, like this is what kind of why I think this is a social media specific kind of phenomenon, because I'm sure if we got a lot of those same people in the same room and something like that happened, I'm sure that if Nate Duncan was sitting in a bar and that Anthony Edwards dunk happened, he probably would have gone like, Oh, you know, like I'm sure there's, there's a reaction like there. I'm positive. Yeah. I'm yeah. You know what? Nate Duncan come on the show. I just like one question. I just Mm. want to ask you when you saw that dunk, did you say, Oh shit once? Right. (laughs) That's it. And then, and then we can just go on. on Why do you think the rush to go like, well, he's three for 14 with seven points. Why do you think that that's the reaction that he tweeted? Honestly, and, and I've never had a conversation with Nate, so I don't I, I, I can't say this definitively, but I think he knew what he was doing. You know? Oh, I you think, think it's like a kind I of a cynical, he, like I'm trying to I knew stir he, the I knew he knew thing? he was gonna get dunked on. Now I, did I do I think he knew it was gonna turn into this where days later we're having a conversation about it? Probably not. Uh but but I I, I do think when, when you see when you see people throw out their like we see this with all popular things, right? There's always a contrarian to the popular thing. 100%. You know, and and in this case, <laughs> everybody was like that scene in Airplane, right? Where everybody lined up to slap the person, <laughs> the contrarian. <laughs> right. And, and that's just what we're seeing. And, and the, the, the airplane is somehow now expanding in midair to make room for everybody who wanted to hop in that line and slap the contrarian. And I think that's always going to be how this goes. So like as somebody who has somewhat of a proclivity for being a, a contrarian on, on occasion, I know what I'm doing when I, when I fire off a contrarian take, when I say that I like avatar, the movie, like, of course I know people are going to line up to dunk on me and yell at me and tell me how dumb I am and, and how that's basically Pocahontas with CGI. Of course I know, <laughs> but you know, it's also fun to, to garner that kind of a reaction out of Harrison. It's really fun to see him get really angry about that movie. And, and I, I, I would imagine that, that part of this with Nate was that like, he probably got a kick out of seeing how angry people got. I'm sure there's nobody laughing harder right now about the, the video that nerds are ruining sports. than Nate, like that'd be my I, I guess. So. I, yeah. 
I'll leave it. It would there. be if it was me. If a video is made of me and how I was ruining the sport, I'm telling you right now, I would be laughing, laughing my actual yes, ass off. You would be. You are a very different person. <laughs> That's locked on Lakers on on my gravestone. Anthony Irwin, a very different person. Well, I mean, then then Nate yeah. or what I what I know of him. I yeah yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right, that's going to do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. This one wandered a little bit, meandered a little bit, because quite frankly, I didn't feel like talking about the Lakers today. Uh, <laughs> we've said everything that there is to say about this team. They have a game uh, tonight by the time you guys are listening to this. We'll see how that goes, and and eventually we'll get to uh, whatever it looks like as we near the All-Star break, and hopefully on the other side of it, people start look, start looking a little bit better. Um, but until then, Pete and I will be here to react to everything that we see uh, in, in, in the weeks between now and then. So have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. I'll talk to you on Monday.